0: Assalam and hello. Welcome to Uproot. My name is Lily Ella Piper and I am always and once again so glad that you tuned in today. If you listen to the last episode you'll know that the next few episodes of Uproot will focus on why black lives matter but with specific and unique lenses. It's really important to me that the story we tell about the black experience mirrors the actual full spectrum of the experience from joy, to activism, to art, to parenting, and everything in between. So today's episode is why Black Joy Matters. If you've been listening to Uproot for any length of time, you'll know that I am focused on joy, justice, and resilience. Those three themes kind of tie together all the stories that I want to bring to you from the continent, from the diaspora, and beyond. And so it is a joy (laughs) and a delight to kind of focus on that specific idea today. And my guest is somebody who I, in my experiences here in Nairobi, every time I would encounter him, joy is the word that would rise to the surface. And in fact, in a conversation with some friends recently, when I was telling them that I was doing this episode and asking, you know, who would you, comes to your mind, Christian Lawanda was at the top of their list as well. So it's my pleasure to introduce him here to Uproot today. Christian Luanda is the proud father of a little boy, a one year old boy, a husband, and a pastoral assistant at Emmanuel Baptist Church. He's born and raised in Kenya and received his undergraduate degree at the United States International University, and is currently a master's candidate in biblical studies at Africa International University. Christian is passionate about young people, in particular the young people of the continent. And he's had the privilege of serving as pastor of Nairobi Baptist, Oh, sorry, as serving as a youth pastor at Nairobi Baptist Church, St. Luke's Kinross in South Africa, Nairobi Chapel, and at Lavington Vineyard Church, where Christian and I met a few years ago when he was pastoring my children. Christian, I have to read this as he gave it to me, so listen to this. Christian enjoys music, rugby, art, rugby, action movies, rugby, and Kenyan rugby. (laughs) So while this episode is not about why rugby matters, indeed, maybe we should do that another time. (laughs) Christian is um, a wonderful friend, and we are just so glad that he joined us here on Upper today to talk about why black joy matters. Welcome, Christian.
1: Thank you for having me. It's good to be here.
0: So glad you could join us. So I think the first question I sent you, which seems like a good place to start, is how do you define joy? Why does it matter to you?
1: Okay, so honest disclaimer, first of yes. all, honest <laughs> advertising, it's a hard thing to define. It is. It's kind yeah. of like glory, you know, the glory of Africa. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Like you have mm-hmm. to kind of be in it and experience it. Sure. But while it's a hard thing to define, the, the good thing is everyone has kind of experienced joy. Yeah. In a general sense. Yeah. Uh, whether it is family or friends or rugby, <laughs> that brings, <laughs> that brings <laughs> that them was joy. Very quick,
0: I thought rugby <laughs> would come up at the end, but 30 seconds in and we're talking about rugby. <laughs> you
1: know, those are things that bring us joy. Yeah. But I, I, I define it in two ways that first of all, it is an attitude, joy is an attitude of gratitude and gladness in the good things we have around us, right? So it is an attitude that says, I'm alive, I have family, I have breath, I have whatever it is, these good things that are surrounding me, fill me with joy. And which, because it's an attitude, by definition makes it a choice. But one layer kind of deeper from that is to say, while it is an attitude of gratitude for these good things that surround us. One layer deeper on that, and again, honest advertising as a Christian, it is an attitude of hope and trust Mm. in the promise and person of God. Mm. It is saying, regardless of which part of my life I'm in, painful or joyful, um, or just bland, there's a God who has made promises to sustain me on this day, and will eventually give me a better future than the one I have now if I trust in him. So that's how I would define joy.
0: So let's bring that joy to the, our present moment that we're living in now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, since, well, since January for many people, this pandemic has disrupted life here in Kenya for us, it really came in March as many parts of the world. Also March, Mm. um, at end of may, this police brutality kind of stole, if it could be possible, stole the attention away from a pandemic to force all of us to look at unjust systems and systematic oppression in wherever country we find ourselves. So in the context of this really unique moment in history, mm. how do you maintain joy?
1: Yeah, with much difficulty, <laughs> if <laughs> you're being honest. I appreciate the
0: honesty, actually, just with, yeah, as much as it's an attitude and a choice, it's sometimes a hard choice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: I think there's a place for admitting that it's hard. Mm. But in view of the pandemic and the systemic racism and police brutality that is happening, uh, that has been highlighted in America and, of course, in Kenya in a very big way, um, it is to first of all not ignore, or suppress, or dismiss our pain. Mm-hmm. That is neither wise nor necessary. Joy does not demand kind of this cheaper happy attitude. And and so maybe first to start with the difference between happiness and joy, though they yes, are obviously related.
0: Really, yeah, important. Yeah.
1: Uh, happiness, in fact, that word itself comes from the old Norse word hap, h-a-double-p, for luck. You know, mm-hmm. so you are you are walking down the street and a thousand shillings you come into a thousand shillings, you're happy. Right? So the happening has made you happy. It's based on circumstances. It's based on externals. But joy is something you can have in the middle of your pain. Joy is the kind of thing that says, yes, I'm in pain. Yes, I am tired. I am worn. I'm being persecuted. But there are still good things around me that I can be grateful for. It doesn't mean I stop seeing the bad. It means I also see the things I can be grateful for. And in an ultimate sense, to be able to say, someday, this will be made right. Right. So yeah. it's hard to separate joy from hope, but someday it will be made right. So this pandemic will pass. Yeah. You know, this injustice at some point will come to an end, whether when, when I'm alive or later, but it will come to an yeah, end.
0: Absolutely, I like what you said about um, the definition of happiness and understanding that that difference. I think it's absolutely important and mm. we both are parents. And so, you know, as we're raising our kids, trying to teach also this idea of like, you know, you can choose your attitude today. I know your, little, your son is young, yeah. so maybe you're not yet having those conversations, but having to choose joy mm-hmm. and not just depending on something happening yeah. to give you happiness. Um, so in this season, you know, we're the whole, it feels like the whole world is suffering. It feels mm-hmm. like in a uh, we're in a moment where we can look to the left and to the right, beyond our borders, within our borders, and it feels palpable how heavy the suffering is. How are you and how can we walk hand in hand with that suffering and the joy? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also appreciate what you said about uh, we can't dismiss our pain. That's not useful. It's yeah. not it's not purposeful. Yeah. So then how do we walk? You know, it's kind of like you're walking with two kids. You know, one on your right, the, this kid is called suffering, and the other kid on your left is called <laughs> joy. Yeah. How do you walk hand in hand
1: with both? I think that's a brilliant illustration. Is um, I can't remember who told me this, but someone told me life is not about balance, but about holding things in tension. Intention. Yeah. So... It seems like these two shouldn't be held, but they must be because um, you live long enough and you will suffer, (laughs) simply put, right, or put differently. You're either in a problem, coming out of a problem, or about to enter a problem. (laughs) There's no way around that. So (laughs) So hold that with one hand and and hold the the what can I be grateful for in another hand. So in a real kind of coming down to the ground type way, in a real practical way is um, start with what is closest around you, life, your breathing. If you're breathing, that means you're not done. If you're not done, that means you still have work to do, still have a purpose to do, you still have meaning in this life. Meaningful relationships around you, whether it is a spouse or a child or a mother or a father or an aunt or just a good friend, you know, lean in on those. Um, And I know this will sound awkward, but believe believe it or not, lament is one of the ways we sustain our joy.
0: Okay, let me stop you there lament mm-hmm. is one of the ways we sustain our joy now lament is a very kind of biblically sounding word yeah well, how would you say that in an everyday conversation with a friend how, what would you call lament crying crying yeah so okay so Break that down for me.
1: Okay. Help me understand that. So, so while, while, and you're right, lament is kind of a biblical word, but Africans have all sorts of ways of defining that. Dodges, sure. you know, those are just yeah. ways of lamenting. It's yeah. ways of unburdening ourselves of yeah. pain, right? Human yeah. beings are just not designed to carry all of their pain alone. Mm. You can't sustain that for 60, mm. 70 years of yeah. your life. So by lamenting, I'm letting out my pain and creating room for joy to mm. replace it. Mm. An example of that is a guy called Celestin Musakura. He, he works with African uh, Leadership and Reconciliation uh, Ministries and he is a child of the Rwanda genocide. Half his family was wiped away by that and now he works in reconciliation on the continent. This guy is letting where governments won't go. Mm. And what he does is he gets these two warring communities, the leaders of these two warring communities together and rather than start where most people would start, is tell us your grievances, tell us yeah. your grievances. What yeah. he says is tell us your pain. Mm. Mm. And you can imagine a room of... 30, 40 grown men in an hour just weeping. And why they are weeping is they've realized the thing that that made Lily cry is the thing that's making me cry. We both lost our kids. We both lost our jobs. Mm. We both lost our property. We both lost our land. And before you know it, they're now talking with each other. Mm. And before you know it, they're working with each other. And then, ah, they are enjoying each other. So letting out that lament creates room to be replaced with joy
0: really beautiful. I was listening to a podcast last week about the reformative justice movement in Mm -hmm. the U.S., and it has a very similar principle of tell me your pain. Like Mm -hmm. You can't start the process of even bringing justice to a community or to a situation until you give time for pain. And the woman, I'm forgetting her name, but she made a really powerful remark, which was we need to make sure we've given enough time for pain, actually, before we insist on the reconciliation. And I hear you saying something very similar that that lament makes way and it needs its own time yeah. before joy can really come in. Yeah. That's yeah. really, um, I'm gonna be thinking about that after we stop talking, because I think it's not something that's easily done. Mm-hmm. You know, and our cultures are not very, well, let me say this much. In American culture, one of the things that struck me growing up is how short American weddings and American funerals were mm-hmm. by comparison to Ethiopian weddings and mm-hmm. Ethiopian funerals. And I'm sure you living abroad in both the US and South Africa, maybe you've seen those cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Um, in the continent, typically we take our time with these things. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> weddings last for, you know, it's not even like a one day event. Usually like there's pre-wedding events. Mm-hmm. Did you have any pre-wedding yep. events? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some, tell me some that you, you did.
1: So we did the kind of classic kuyu one. So there's a rushio. You're introduced. Yeah. Then they come on a different day, maybe with the whole covered in lessos and sugar. And shukas. Then you, pick, you
0: have to pick your wife. There did you, you go. Successfully pick she. I did.
1: You did. They, they, were you were, they were kind. They were kind to me. They were Is that what <laughs> I'm hearing? <laughs> I talked to her dad nicely before. <laughs> <laughs> you gave
0: him a little kitu
1: to right, okay, right, okay. right, 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 yeah. right. So,
0: and then how about, uh, do you have anything post-wedding even?
1: Um, well, technically there should be one with there the birth of our son. Yes. The College of yes. Goshogia like they come and celebrate the yes, child and yes, carry him around. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, yeah. Yeah. So, we similarly have the same things. You know, it's mm-hmm. like several days, there's a before, there's a after, the day after. It was mm-hmm. sadly born out of trying to check for people's purity. That's why they had an event the day after. But we have reclaimed that as... Something called a mels, which means a return, where you come back and you have another party after the wedding's done. Nice. Anyways, all that to say, I remember going to American weddings and funerals, and they're short mm-hmm. and they're quiet. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you also <laughs> noticed how <laughs> quiet they are? So it just makes me think when we think about lament at a funeral, if we don't give that time for ululation and yeah. for like honestly, like just unburdening our grief, yeah. how can we begin to mend, yeah. you know? It just seems to go hand in hand. Not yeah. to say we're doing it well and Americans are not, by any means, but it's just to say that there is this, they go hand in hand, yeah. which is wh- where we started our conversation, the suffering and the joy goes goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've called this episode Why Black Joy Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm black, you're black, we have different experiences. We have, the, you know, blackness is complex and mm-hmm. unique. Obviously, we're not a monolith. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say that one thing that impresses me is that, generally, in Kenyan culture, I found it to be very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found, wherever I've gone in this beautiful country, to many, many counties for work, that I'm, of course, welcome because I'm going for work, so people are polite. Yeah. But also, it's a place where many foreigners have stayed in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, they've decided to become even citizens, or they've you know, made their home here, started businesses here. And yet Kenya does have a legacy of colonization and neocolonialism that I think, and I observe at least in my opinion, still exists. Mm -hmm. So in that tension Mm -hmm. of living in a country that fought hard for independence and continues to fight for liberation, how does joy show up in that context?
1: Right. Right. Well, firstly, you did hit on something very unique about Kenyan history in particular, Mm. that whereas in other, even British colonies, um, the colonialists left, here they kind of stayed. And you're right, there's a, there's a way in which the Swahili say, Yaliopita na In other words, what is past is past. Let's deal say with what is- Say it
0: again for me, a little slower for oh. us.
1: For us
0: who are just taking Kiswahili
1: lessons. <laughs> say it again. Yaliopita okay. gange na so what has passed mm. is past. Let's deal mm. with what is currently happening and what is to come, right? So let's move forward, basically. Mm. It's a fancy way of saying Do let's you
0: know move forward. Do you know why that is the saying? Why is th- did that, do you think, embraced?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I know the historical reasons for mm. it, but I do know the practical reasons for okay, it. Okay. There's a way in which Kenyans, and, and I'm sure many other Africans, but I can speak confidently about Kenyans, they're just like, look, we can't unscramble the egg. Mm. The thing was broken, it was, it was scrambled. Let's deal with what we have now and move forward. There's a, there's a feeling, at least growing up for me in Kenya, that trying to undo history is just too much work. Now, there are some negative aspects of that. I will agree. See, I was going to ask yeah. you if you
0: agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> if you agree with that kind of, uh, it's like a posture you take towards a, a choice. Yeah. Do you agree with
1: that? kind Not of? entirely. I think mm-hmm. there are some negative aspects, mm-hmm. you know, So f- and you see it show up in our, our cultural life. There's every five years, there's going to be an election fight, yeah. and it's almost always going to be centered around land yeah. because there were land issues that were not solved and have been ignored, but the people who are hurt are still there. Yeah. Like literally, some of them are still alive, yeah. Yeah. you know. So it's not entirely positive. Um, the positive part of it is to say we can't move forward if we are facing backward. Hmm. Type ideas. Yeah. So let's. You
0: can't like walk like this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: let's just let's just move forward, hmm. um, and so I think that that works with helping us be a welcoming people, hmm. and a forgiving people. Hmm. Um, it 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 helps even the the children of settlers, if hmm. if you will say, okay, fine. Maybe my ancestors committed some atrocities. I've not been treated like them Mm. so I can integrate and be part Mm. of these people. Again, it's not a perfect science. Sure, sure, sure. sure. But I think that sentiment is what leads to a kind of comfort around Westerners or Europeans or people from other nations feeling comfortable here.
0: Well, and I think what you're saying actually makes me rethink whether or not that is actually joy or if it's like a survival technique in a way, like they're here. There are government structures that allow that to exist and persist, and so how can we manage yeah. within that system yeah. in yeah. a way? Um, so let me ask you, you know, given that context, given, you know, I, I would say, and I think a lot of Kenyan friends would agree that Kenya is still in the process of liberation, mm-hmm. um, because I think liberation has to be, com- it's not complete until educational systems, health systems, yeah. education systems, access to capital and investment, all of that has to be liberated, right? Mm-hmm. Until. Country can really kind of you know be truly free, and what parts of the Kenyan story or Kenyan history for you brings you joy, makes you proud to be black, or makes you proud to be Kenyan?
1: Well, there are very many, I'm but I only sent out two. sent out two, and they are odd. I know they are odd. When I when I, when I first told my wife, she was like, "Really, <laughs> really? Those two really?" But here they are. Is number one our sport, running culture, okay. and number mm-hmm. two Mpesa because I think they have the same root.
0: Okay, I say think more, say more.
1: Yeah, so I think the root of both these, these things about Kenyan culture is we have found something that works for us, it has become us, and we are going to be basically the best at being us in the world. Mm. So take, take running for example, right? We were not really a running culture, of course, pre-independence. After independence, Kip Choge you know, kind of put us on the map sure. in 68, right? That famous story where he comes in late. He has to run two miles to the stadium, yes. register. He runs with gallstones, breaks a record, wins gold, Absolutely. right? Puts Incredible. us on the map. Yeah. But what is impressive is not just him. It's what happens after him. Mm. Is Kenyans develop this culture of running excellence. Yeah. You know, we figure we are not going to do 100 meters. We are not going to do the short put. We are just yes. not built that strong. Right. But this can be us, yeah. and we've become excellent at it. Mm. Same thing with M-Pesa. It's, an, it, it's a budding economic system that is uniquely... We have more mobile applications than anyone in the world. Yeah. So there are like something like 2,000 yeah. ATMs in Kenya, and there's something like 120,000 M-Pesa agents. Amazing. It's just us, whether we yeah. are buying wiki, or paying rent, yeah. and it works. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's, it's, it's something that many, many countries are trying to duplicate. There's nothing like M-Pesa in the U.S or Canada, where you can just quickly like that, yeah. send, buy, pay bills. Yeah, yeah. It's inc- It is incredible, truly.
1: So it makes me proud mm. that if Kenyans would just pause and ask, okay, what are we mm. and what works for us? We are not saying what other people's systems are stupid. No, no, no. Mm. We're just saying this is us, this is what works for us. I think if we did that with governance and education mm. and whatever it is, We'd basically be the best in the world at being us. Even yeah. like in sports, every once in a while, an Ethiopian tries to harass us and wow, tell us, wow, wow. tell us that uh, we are not the best. Now the, the best.
0: Has come to a, a broad <laughs> end. I'm afraid our <laughs> protest is over. Thank you for just kidding. <laughs>
1: I was being yeah. so patient not to say
0: anything while you were saying we're such a running country. I'm just silent. What? But
1: then
0: you just
1: had yeah. to push. Up there's, there's always an Ethiopian somewhere, you know. But we, we, we uh, work with them. We work with them.
0: But I like what you said that we didn't say, okay, let's become whatever, because there was a bit of a joke in Ethiopia by comparison. Mm. The last Olympics, we had a swimmer. I don't know if you heard about him. Uh-uh. And he, he um, anyway, he brought a lot of attention to swimming. And everyone was like, we are landlocked we don't swim guys, right. so why are, we, <laughs> why are we trying to put a swimmer in the Olympics? But Kenya could be a, a swimming country too, but I appreciate what you're saying. We became the best at something and that brings you joy. And then trying to take that maybe and applying it to other sectors. Yeah. And of course that makes me think, of course that there is that effort to make those things the best, but then you, when you do have the interference, so you right. do have systems that you're still trying to overcome, these systematic systems that keep children not learning or, right. or health is not growing then I think joy has to come back in, right? Because you need the joy and the reminder that, hey, we did, we are, look at M-PESA, we made that. Right. And take that into maybe whatever sector it is that you're dealing with, yeah. um, because it, it, there's still a lot lot to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were growing up, what were some of the messages that you heard around joy in your home? Or mm-hmm. what role did that play as as you as a kid? And I, I appreciate that it's a little bit of a nuanced thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, maybe you didn't grow up with the placards in your home that's like, the joy of the Lord is my strength, yeah. other things. but. You know, if you think about how you were raised and, and how you ended up being this version of you. Mm-hmm. Somebody who other people think of as having joy. Mm-hmm. How did you get here?
1: Ooh, that's a <laughs> good question. I think when when specifically talking about joy, the person I think embodied that better than anyone I know mm-hmm. is my grandma. Okay. So she did not have an easy life by any means. Tell us you her know. Name. Her name is Sella or Okoyo. Her name is Cella. Yeah. My it is, yeah. That's oh, <laughs> why so I like your I daughter's name. I love it. Okay. Um, and and um, so she grew up, so there's a running joke in my family that th- th- my grandma was born in the British East Africa protectorate, my dad was born in the colony of Kenya, and we were born in the country, Republic of oh Kenya.
0: Fascinating. You, you know. need to write a book. Yeah. It sounds like a, the start of a book.
1: And, sure. she, and she's just brilliant because mm-hmm. she was always joyful. Even though she was, my community would practice wife inheritance. So she was the last wife of an old man and obviously the youngest, the prettiest, the most arrogant. Mm. But when he died, she was disinherited. Right. And that brought all sorts of things. The guy who inherited her was not that great to her. He was not bad, but he wasn't that great. Mm. But she maintained her joy always by choice. And what she instill in my parents and my, in, rather my dad and my uncles and aunties is, yes, life is not going to be great. But, it's always that but, yes, yes. <laughs> this day choose to be grateful for what you have. Mm. And I saw her leave it out right until her death at 96 years old. Mm. Um, at, in her 90s she was talking to me about, you people need to farm, let me take you to the farm. It makes yes. me happy. We are like, we don't want to farm. Oh, we, we are city boys. Thanks. We don't want to farm. <laughs> leave yeah. us alone. Yeah. But we'd go farm with her and we'd laugh our heads off mm. just because she had a, a, she had chosen to enjoy life and even so she had a cotton farm mm. and even when the government of the day in, in intentionally stifled the cotton industry mm. because the opposition came from that part of the country okay. she was like okay let's replace the cotton with maize and she just move on while we her grandkids were indignant yeah. she was like it's not bad to be indignant but right. it's not going to put food on the table right. so let's mm. get up and choose to grow maize wow. so yeah, yeah that's yeah. part of how i ended up here and i'm not even near we have what she was and wow. hopefully i will be someday
0: well i'm sure you made her very proud christian and I, it just makes me think two things when you say that one if you are so blessed to have a grandparent alive and well spend time with them because yeah. i think you're right those of us who are children of this continent whether you're in the united states canada europe or in the continent if you are the descendant of african nations Yeah spending time with our elders really does teach us something about resilience and joy and justice, right? Because in that story I heard all those things the joy she had, the cho- choices she made, mm-hmm. and allowed her to be resilient, and yeah. then eventually, you know, gives you the the stamina you need to fight for justice. Yeah. You know, or gave her the stamina she needed. Yeah. So I think it just makes me want to say to everybody: if you haven't talked to your grandma or your grandpa lately, and you have them, call them today, spend time with them, Facetime with them, ask them questions yeah. about their lives because they they have so much to teach us, mm-hmm. and they lived through quite frankly, harsher conditions without the platform mm-hmm. or the freedom mm-hmm. to speak out like they, they I'm sure wanted to, you yeah. know, without fear of serious repercussion. Yeah. So tell me, what brings you joy now?
1: Again, very many things. Uh, at, at the deepest levels, it would be my faith. I yeah. am um, knowing that there's a God who treats me way better than Amen. I deserve. Amen. Uh, my family, there is a wife who puts up with me. I have no <laughs> idea why.
0: Hi Sheila, <laughs> shout out to Sheila. No idea why. <laughs>
1: that there's a son who is every day entertaining us and he doesn't know he's entertaining us. So at the deepest levels, those three and my friends who've walked with me for a very long time bring me the deepest joys. And then just simple joys. I'm sitting in the grass of Nairobi. The city in the sun, you know, I, I could have been born anywhere else. I could have been born in a hard place like Mogadishu mm-hmm. and no knockoff on them, but their lives are hard. Yeah. So just a gratitude of being born where I was born, when I was born. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a million little things, but so I'd true. say those, those can rise so
0: well, be seeing that many of the pe- things you mentioned that bring you joy are, are people. How are you staying connected to people in this kind of social distancing pandemic season? Right. What, what are some secrets to staying close in those relationships?
1: WhatsApp is your friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is it your friend? <laughs> Sometimes I feel so tired. You open WhatsApp, it's like 754 messages. You're like, oh, I go back to bed. <laughs> but WhatsApp is your friend. Okay, it what It is up, your friend us?
1: with your friends. With so your like, friends, yes. the broadcasts true, and true, the groups. True, yes. But with your friends, it's your friend. Yeah. Um, Zoom calls, talking, yeah, yeah. calling. Yeah. Um, those have been hugely helpful for us, and so like monthly we have a, a, a friends of ours meet um, every month, and it's one big mess because our kids are running around, and we have to keep <laughs> leaving the screen. Yeah. But it makes life very entertaining. That's great. Yeah. That's
0: great. And we'll remember this time in history. I think we'll yeah. think about what did we do during that time? How did we we make it? Yeah. And you can record those calls, and then you can see how did we do it. <laughs> That's how. a good idea. <laughs> So American author, and she's also an activist, Alice Walker, she (laughs) wrote The Color Purple. (laughs) And when she wrote that book, um, there were a lot of people who gave her feedback saying, you know, you portrayed black men very harshly. And she talks often about in her writing that she's resisting a lot of forces, sexism, racism, and trying to stay true to her art. (laughs) So she has this quote that I like, resistance is the secret of joy. (laughs) Just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think about that?
1: But I'm, I'm glad that you've given the context. I think in her context, I see what she means and where she's coming from. But just maybe it's how I'm wired. I would phrase it the other way around. I would, I would think that joy is the secret to resistance. And so whether it's a, on a political scale of like a Nelson Mandela who can resist for 30 years and make huge sacrifices yeah. in his own family, he's looking to the joy of seeing a rainbow nation mm. that is united around bigger principles than color um, or you know Kwame Nkrumah and, and Jaramogi Odinga's and Patrice Lumumba's dream of a pan-africa that is yeah. united around something bigger than tribe yeah. um, and and even in the, in the christian faith the bible says jesus for the joy ahead of him mm. endured, endured the cross, on the cross yeah. and on a practical level it's hard for me to fight for something if i don't see joy on the other side of it yeah. you know yeah. it's hard for me to as a parent discipline my child if i'm not seeing their joy at the end of it. So I I would just phrase it differently. I think we'd get at the same thing, but I'd phrase it as joy is what sustains our resistance.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that thought. And I think as somebody who is an activist, I think if you don't have a vision for the joy that you're fighting for, it's hard to sustain. You'll fatigue, you'll become bitter, you'll become angry. And For your own well-being if nothing else it's not a a good place to sit for for long periods of time i appreciate that perspective and when we think about some of the people you mentioned um, i was thinking about lumumba in particular they died so young um and really were stolen from us by the u.s government and their tactics to interfere in the african continent but if i think about his if the little bits of video that we have of him speaking wow i mean he's alive he's animated he's really there is a joy that's palpable even in his resistance and um of our favorites so i appreciate you mentioning uh, mm-hmm. lumumba so speaking of lumumba and all these other um, great people who have really created the way for us today mm-hmm. for them the threat to their joy was institutionalized it was legal mm-hmm. it was the status quo mm-hmm. if i think about movements in the united states and Euro- europe the same thing right uh the threat to black joy yeah. was legal systems yeah. and they persist now in more sinister ways that we really have to fight intentionally mm-hmm. but in your day-to-day life Christian you know what do you perceive as a threat to your joy um, and and how do you guard that joy
1: I think the biggest threat to my joy is my selfishness mm. um, when I become selfish I, I just forget about joy yeah. I my world gets wrapped up around me why is this happening to me why did he do that to me why am I the one in front like mm. I, I, I lose sight of all the things I should be grateful for yeah. you know um, so I think the biggest threat is, again, the Swahili saying, uh, the thing that is biting at you mm. is inside you. Mm. And that is, for me, at least the biggest threat. Yeah. Um, I think another threat um, to, my, to my joy would be fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, can't, I don't know who, I, who to credit the saying, but someone said, the, the body and the soul live so closely to each other that when one is sick, the other will be sick. Yeah. So when you're just physically tired, you lose sight of joy or what you should be grateful for, of the good things that are happening around you. Yeah. And to guard against that is firstly, I lean on other people, people who I can know and trust and be like, am I seeing this right? And people who are not beholden to me will tell you, yeah, Christian, you're, you're kind of being wrapped up in yourself right yeah. now. I love you, but you're being wrapped <laughs> up in yourself right now. Um, and also try, it's hard, but try and intentionally look for things to be grateful for. Um, and then if you're a praying person, to pray and and say take that distress and anger and whatever it is to god and say i am not joyful in fact i am enjoying not being joyful (laughs) i want to be sullen and just mean (laughs) (laughs) help me today yeah yeah so
0: and you know but that makes me think about your earlier comment about the lament Mm -hmm. you know um i don't know if you've had experiences where you felt like okay i know now it's the season to shift from lament. And now let me let the joy in. You know, mm. like for you, have you had experiences where you knew when one season should end? Like you were saying, you know, I, I mean, there is, I've, I've been there too, where I definitely just want to be angry or I just mm-hmm. want to be sad. Mm-hmm. How does that, what goes off for you? What clicks for you that you know that the season has shifted and now, okay, now is the season for joy or I need to choose that right. in a different way now?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's always a kind of punctilia, This is the mark. Mm. Um, there are definitely times I've known, okay, it's gone. Yeah. it's gone, you're fine, mm. you can yeah. move on. Um, but more often than not, it kind of happens imperceptibly. Mm. You know, days after, or weeks after, you're like, oh, okay, I'm okay yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's, it's that principle of the way Africans say, if you want to walk fast, walk, walk alone. alone. Yeah. Right? If you want to walk far, walk with others. As yeah. you walk with others, you won't even realize how far you've come yeah. till you look back and you're like, oh, wait, I'm over that. Yeah. But usually when you're trying to go it alone, it doesn't work very well.
0: Well, and you know, it just comes back to, you know, we were saying a, a few moments ago, if you have the blessing of having an elder in your life, call them. If you have the blessing of having friends and neighbors, classmates, whatever, lean on them. Like yeah. have these honest conversations about where am I? Am I operating out of a place that's just not good for me? And and from that, we also would find hopefully that togetherness yes. that will help us get through this season, this pandemic, these injustices we're fighting. We, ne- we, ne- we can't do it alone for yeah. sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, I was saying uh, off camera that I had been researching you slash <laughs> stalking you to see kind of a bit of your background outside of what I knew. And I saw that you used to do theater mm-hmm. and uh, act on the stage. Or maybe do you still kind of
1: It's act? been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay,
0: maybe we, we can all start a hashtag campaign to get the uh, Christian hashtag back on stage for him or something. But I, I just want to ask you, you know, Theater to me is a a place definitely that I would say I find joy, but how do you practice joy in your daily life? You know, how do you make those choices? How do you lean in that? Those are phrases you used earlier leaning in and making choices and and how can we do that? You know the people who are listening to this show could be students or activists or just average folks parents who are just trying to get through the day Um, People here in Kenya people outside of uh, this beautiful country you know, when you're living through a challenging season, how can you just practice that joy?
1: Right, right. Um, so I started the one I learned from my wife. Mm-hmm. If you can't bask in the sun. Um, mm. <laughs> I, was ra- I was raised in a very, what are you doing right now? What are you doing next? What are you doing? And, and it was and meeting my wife, she's like, okay, now we are basking. I'm like, but what are we achieving? <laughs> like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Wait, what? Wow, <laughs> so I like that. So just a place to do nothing. If you can save 15 minutes a day, 10, 5 minutes, it doesn't matter. I know we are at different seasons of life and different busyness. To just do something that makes you happy or makes Mm -hmm. you slow down or makes you enjoy, whether that's basking in the sun, swimming, running, whatever it is, do that. Mm -hmm. Because those are are little, I call them graces, Mm -hmm. that we have while we are alive to enjoy this life. Um, Secondly, find something or someone that makes you laugh. Um, it's interesting to me, we are the only creatures that laugh, right? Is that right? I <laughs> don't think dogs don't laugh Maybe to the best hyenas? of my knowledge. Well, yeah, that's true, that's true, hyenas. Your
0: opinion, <laughs> me knows that much, but yes, you're so right, so yeah. You know, so
1: if we have the ability to laugh, mm. find something that makes you laugh. Find mm. someone that makes you laugh. Yeah. You know, it, they say laughter is the best medicine, and in, in some senses it really is. Absolutely. Not just in a cathartic sense, but if you can laugh today, you can laugh tomorrow, regardless Absolutely. of how much pain you're in.
0: Absolutely. And
1: then maybe on more practical levels, uh, people who are writing or kind of like having vision boards, write down what you're grateful for and mm-hmm. stick it somewhere mm-hmm. so that as you're walking by, you can see it. Um, and again, if, if, if you'd take the time to or want to know more about that, reading things like the Proverbs or, or any portion of scripture really that just shows you, trust me, yeah. God is being way better to you than you think it doesn't feel like yeah. that i know it doesn't feel like that but he's actually being better to you than mm. you think he is
0: well you know and as you're saying that I, it just makes me think about how so these are some daily practices you know you and i could go home today and and, and practice but then it also makes me think if you're in a position of leadership you could be the person in your organization who just says okay we're going to take i'm going to add 10 minutes to the lunch break or whatever right. for people to literally go walk outside yeah. like how can you also create joy for others? Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, how selfishness is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. So perhaps also taking these activities, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious, I guess, and when I say that, of the privilege you and I have of right. having, you know, green space right. or other things that some people may not have. So then I think, okay, how can we then leverage that mm-hmm. for other people, you mm-hmm. know? So I would encourage all of us, wherever we are, I was thinking about teachers, you know, adding time into their classroom where everyone just goes outside and takes a walk or yeah. whether, whether, you know, it's parents and just, encouraging downtime for kids. You know, we as African parents are kind of notorious for being like, we don't like to see a child <laughs> sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> and doing nothing. There's a fine line between doing nothing and basking, right, right. which even though it's not um, with a purpose in mind, it seems intentional in, mm-hmm. its, in its inception at least. Um, but yeah, how can we create that for others too? That just comes to mind as you're saying that, like there are ways we can do that for ourselves yeah. and for others, because there's simple things, huh? Yeah.
1: I, one, one quick one that just came to mind is, so while for the little time I lived in the states, um, one of the things I found very peculiar but brilliant about how African Americans who were living during slavery and Jim Crow yeah. would sustain their joy is in songs.
0: In, absolutely.
1: You know, and I know that's a very African thing as well, but like seeing some of the songs they wrote. Uh, that they're singing, whether in the in the slave farm or in the churches. Absolutely. So one that came to mind, and they're not ignoring the pain, nope. right? They're holding it yes. in tension. So like one of the songs that comes to mind is Precious Lord, yes. I, am, I am worn.
0: Yes. I am tired. Yes, yes, yes take my hand take my hand yeah so
1: they're not ignoring that i am i'm done here man i'm done but they're also accepting that there's someone who can walk with me
0: yes absolutely through this yeah and later and i believe that was dr king's favorite song it was sung at his funeral and it's something that resonates absolutely we were last week was juneteenth and so we were talking with our kids about it and Trying to teach them the, the Negro National Anthem, and you're so right. The lyrics of that song, as well, mm. are very poignant. They mm-hmm. very much capture the pain. It starts off with um, "Lift every voice and sing," till mm-hmm. earth and heaven ring. Rings with the sounds of um, harmony. Yeah. Let our rejoicing rise, but then there's a, uh, the last verse of the of the song says, "Stony the road we trod." Right. The road that we are on is super stony.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But despite this, you know, let's lift every, lift voice. every like voice. There is this yeah. very much acknowledgement that um, let's not lose sight of the future for yeah. the pain we're in. And, mm-hmm. and to me, you know, this joy, you know, that I'm talking about, it, it can sound philosophical, but in ethereal and not practical. So I appreciate your practical feedback for all of us because there is a way to bring it into our, make it real and tangible in our, very, in our everyday lives. Yeah. Um, lastly, mm-hmm. what has brought you joy today?
1: being here <laughs> being here and with you same with me. Uh, sure. i think your next podcast should be lily bekele-, bekele piper's tips on the fountain of youth it's coming <laughs> wow you are so generous christian um, you're gonna come back this year, i'm gonna have you
0: on every show <laughs>
1: um but just yeah being here grateful <laughs> to be here great for this conversation with you uh grateful for our son we we're talking earlier how he had a fever through the night yeah. and you know we had to keep getting up through the night but you having a fever means your body is fighting something yes absolutely. so your immunity is working
0: that's right today i'm hey, happy because
1: <laughs> there's so many immune problems you yes, could have so um true. my wife who encouraged me today she was like mm. go and say hi to Lily <laughs> in the process and um, a million things just grateful mm. to be here
0: ah oh, christian well yeah. i am so grateful you're here you have confirmed every you know every rumor is true you were the right person to have this conversation with and and you know what i appreciate is that you took us deep into history you reflected back you looked forward you kept it practical and um and that's why joy matters that's why black joy matters kenyan joy matters my joy mm-hmm. your joy um so thank you so much for being on uproot today thank so you for having me you here thank you. Yeah. Uh, so listeners the series will continue i've got a few more lined up for you but i'm also open to your suggestions so send me an email uprootthepodcast at gmail.com you can also find me facebook and twitter Oh, sorry, no, Twitter and Instagram at Uproot and Lil, and Facebook is just Uproot the podcast. And before I go, I wanna shout out a few of the Kenyan companies that I enjoy in my home and that are part of this set, if you will, which is just really my garden. But these chairs um, um, that Christian is sitting on, that I'm sitting on, maybe I should get up so you can see it. This is from uh, Love Artisan. I love their work. They source their fabrics from all over the continent. They make everything here locally. So check them out at Love Artisan on Instagram. The cups that we have here, cheers, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are from Tope Cer- Ceramics, T-O-P-E. You can find them also on Instagram. And lastly, this chair is from Tira Studio. And Tira Studio is actually right next door to Love Artisan on Ngong Road. So you can find their workshop there. They make beautiful things and you can support your local businesses by reaching out to any of those three companies. So as Wangari Mathai has said, and this rings really true at this moment, moment Keep at it until it becomes rooted, and we'll talk to you soon.